Welcome to Soundings Podcast. I'm Dudley Evanson, and for more than four decades, my husband Dean Evanson and I have created music and media that supports people and the planet. In our Soundings Podcast, we'll be sharing interviews with wisdom keepers we have met in the course of our life journey. To learn more about our activities and releases, please visit our website and blog at soundings.com. So I'm sitting here in South Florida with Liz Sterling, and Liz is going to share a whole bunch of wonderful um, stories from her life, and we're going to learn a lot about what she's up to these days. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm glad you're here. That's like the predominant energy right now is excitement and enthusiasm, and it's growing, and it's really exciting. So you have a lot of background interviewing people. I'm curious, first of all, just give us a little bit of background on that, because how many have you done about 2,000 interviews? Thousands Thousands. of interviews. I mean, thousands of interviews. Yeah, I, I kind of fell into it. I fell into radio broadcasting. I never planned to be a radio broadcaster. I have my master's in counseling from Hunter College. thought I was going to be a good counselor, and then a PTA mom. <laughs> And um, one day, I happened to notice that I lived on the same block as a radio station when I moved to Florida, and I turned it on. I heard this great couple on the air, and they were doing, like, personal development and human growth, and right on the radio, and I started listening. And I'm telling you, the next thing I knew, I was calling them up and asking them for a job, and um, they hired me to work in their sales department. First day I walked in, the radio talk show host, it was a husband and wife. The wife said, could you cover for me on the air on Friday? And I'm like, what? <laughs> she said, well, I want to go on a field trip with my daughter. And I was like, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? And she said, talk. And I went, oh, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're pretty good at that. <laughs> so that's how it started. And um, the day, literally the day I got on the air, when I saw the on-air light go on, I had a complete kundalini awakening. Energy shot through my body, out the top of my head, and I was like one with all the listeners. I could hear, feel, sense all the people that were tuning in, and that's what people reported back to me. I asked the questions that they were thinking. Something in radio and me really worked, and that's why I like to be live. So we're live in the moment, be in the moment. So yeah. here we are. Well, I love your book, um, uh, Behind the Scenes. This was pretty exciting to read about all the different interviews that you've done over the years and the things that you've learned, and how I'm curious how that's all shaped your own uh, your own path and what 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 are some of those stories you want to share? Ooh. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm going to open up the book because it turned out that on page 100 in the book, I have pictures of me with some of the celebs, everyone from Usher and John London to there's uh, Larry Dossie, we know Larry Dossie and Peter Max and good old Wayne Dyer, really good friends, and so uh, Lindsay Wagner and uh, Antonio Banderas, he was yummy. Um, Everyone who I spoke with, as will happen with us, there was a connection. Mm -hmm. Two people, one intention to bring forth a message. And so I feel as if I carry the wisdom that's been distilled from every single person who I met and interviewed. And I talk about celebrities, but I also learned from people, everyday people also. So I was introduced to the idea of this being an energy universe from Deepak Chopra, 
from Wayne Dyer, I really learned that we are having a spiritual experience on this earth as human beings. From Madeline Albright, I learned about being the best that we can be so that we can show and illustrate for our children, in her particular case, her daughters. Um, we could be models for them. Marianne Williamson and I, we used to share a lot of conversation about our daughters. They were about the same age growing up together. Jean Houston, um, she was my mentor when I wrote the book. And she worked very closely with the Hil Hillary and Bill when he was in office very, very closely. And she really taught me that all knowledge and information is available to us at all times. So the wisdom that I garnered from my interviews, it's living. It's living in me, and it's something that I like to share with others. So thanks. So when you were, you did those interviews until what year was that, that you kind of stopped that? Started in 93, that first day on, the, on air, mm -hmm. and then I interviewed straight up until 2012. Mm -hmm. And then I took a break for, where are we, 2019? So here we are, I took a, you know, a really good six, seven year break. Mm -hmm. You yeah, had some things uh, going on during that period of time too. I found out I had lung cancer, yeah. yeah. So I um, was very, very fortunate. I found out it was like an accident that they found out. I was joined a study and um, I wanted to give my body to science, and part of the being in the study, I had to take a CAT scan, and they were like, we found something we don't like. And I was like, oh, really? Well, too bad. But um, <laughs> I said, too bad. I'm like, I'm not buying into that reality. Mm. And so I became very conscious of my diet, and I changed my diet completely. And this little thing that was inside, I was able to keep it at the exact same size for four years. And then I, you know, started changing my diet and changing my thinking and letting the monkey mind rule me and it doubled in size. Oh dear. And they were like, we have to take it out. So I was blessed because it was encapsulated in one lobe of my lung mm -hmm. and they just removed that lobe and I'm good to go. Well, that must have been quite a process and I would imagine you used a lot of the uh, wisdom and the tools that you gained when you were doing all those in years of interviews? I dug deep. I mean, I really had to, you know, when times get tough and gets dark, you have to go deep inside and you draw from the well of wisdom that lives inside you and use every tool that you have in the book in order to allow for a little crack of light to come through. And then that light fills you up again and then you realize you are the light. So is that what I, advice you might give to someone who's been diagnosed with some illness that they're not too happy about? You know, I think they, they, a lot of the teachers have said that one of the big questions that people ask themselves is, who am I and what is my reason for being here? Um, I think it's more important to ask yourself, where am I? Where am I in my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, my consciousness? So if you're in mad, angry, upset, confused, uncertain, disoriented, just identify where you are so that you can be there. John Borosecco, one of the greatest teachers and someone who I got to host an intimate evening with her when I had a 
Holistic Wellness Center. And Jung, the author of Minding the Body, Mending the Mind, you know, she basically said that you have to feel where you are. Feel it. So if you feel it's a dark time, okay, here I am in a dark time. And then there's another wonderful process that I learned, and it says, it goes like this. I think it's part of the whole tapping movement, that we have a big tapping movement going on right now. Mm -hmm. You fill in the blank. I say to myself, even though I am really upset with this diagnosis, I fully and completely love myself as I am. And you come into a resonant alignment. Your frequency changes and you move into okayness with where you are, or for me, where I was. So you, I think you asked about what's a process that someone can do if they were dealing with a diagnosis. Right, because we're all, many of us are, you know, find ourselves as aging people and things happen and different things go on that we, uh, you know, learn about ourselves. So it's This whole aging thing is really a thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I looked at my arm and I saw it changing. And I had a really hard time with that. And then ultimately, you know, it became a process of acceptance. Mm -hmm. And then growing into knowing that as I've lived for, you know, five decades, now in the sixth decade, I am collectively taking everything that I've learned and I'm using it well. And I'm also making modifications. I don't jump out of the shower as quickly as I used to. I'm double checking when I'm looking in my rear view mirror. I'm, you know, taking it from a different um, perspective because I'm honoring where I am. I was gonna say respecting yourself as at the level you're at and it's something that we all, we all need to do. I yes, guess. and I like that word respect. It is respecting yeah. ourselves. So yes, yeah. exactly. I'm respecting all of me. Of course, uh, this. You know, did you see that movie? I think it was. Um, um, what was the name of it? I don't remember. They were taking pictures of each other, and they're leaning over, and then they're pulling each other's necks like this. They're like, "Hi, it's so nice to see you." Do you remember? It was like the Greek wedding oh, oh, oh. picture, and it was like, you know, we're so conscious of our bodies and our let's let's love ourselves as we are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Well, who are some of the people that uh, you met on your path that you enjoyed? Mm -hmm. um, I knocked something down. You did. Let me see if I can. You want to take care? We have to be, be in the moment. I think it's okay. Okay. Doesn't matter, right, Dean? No, it's fine. It's fine. It can be on the floor. Yeah. Like, Who are some of the people? Well, I mean, you've gone from Walter Cronkite to Marianne Williamson, and, you know, this is quite a, a range of, of people that you've interviewed, and you say you carry their wisdom within you. What are some of the takeaways? Wow. Um, I've watched um, Marianne Williamson go through a lot of her incarnations. Mm -hmm. What I really learned from Marianne is that it's good to be self-reflective. Um, I was with her right after she spoke to a few thousand people at the Broward Center for Performing Arts. She was on right before Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. It was an event co-sponsored with my company LifeWorks and the Omega Institute in New York in the late 90s. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, Marianne and I, we went backstage and 
I noticed, as many celebrities and people, it's good to be self-reflective. How did I do? What what'd you get from it? Oh, she's what, asking those questions. Of she, you? Of me, yeah. How how did I do? What did you think? Mm -hmm. I mean, was there something more? Do you think people got it? Oh. What was the message? What was your takeaway? Mm -hmm. She wanted to take the time to reflect and to assess, and I really learned that from her. Also from Marianne, um, a mother, as a mother, how important it is to be the best that we can be, knowing that we'll give our kids what we can give them. But what I learned from her, and what I learned from her, she said, Liz, my daughter India chose me, your daughter Kimberly chose you. You are the perfect mother for her. Even if you are self-occupied or you're busy with your business and she has to persevere and work harder to get your attention, she needed you to be you so she could be her. And I'm like, oh, Marianne, I love you. <laughs> it was like permission to be okay with being me. And, of course, you know, it doesn't mean you be a bad person. It means you be the best you can. But, no, it's all in perfect order. You know, you chose your parents, and your children chose you. And then our children uh, have the option, or not, of carrying on our legacy. And I understand that both her daughter and your daughter are helping you to carry on your legacy. It's so. interesting that you bring that up. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I mentioned it to you because it's like one of those confluence of events. So, Marianne Williamson has thrown her hat in the ring as a nominee for the presidential candidate for 2020. I'm really happy because if I want to go back 20 years into the late 90s, there was a lot of waking up. People were realizing that there were light beings living on this planet. This is the Wayne Dyer and the James Redfield and the Deepak Chopra days and Greg Braden's and everybody was like coming out and I was talking with them. Ram Dass, and, and we're waking up to realize our light, our purpose, our power, our potential, our capabilities, our potentiality, and then all of a sudden it just feels like things have gotten, like the water's pretty rocky. Mm -hmm. Marianne throwing her hat in the ring, it's like an activation. She's going to raise the level of conversation, and totally. she's going to help us to be better human beings as we go through this normally very divisive political problems. That really understands that if you want to make a new world, you need a new paradigm. Yes. And what we've been going through in politics for a very long time is the same paradigm, trying to fix it, putting band-aids, a couple of new people here and there, but, oh, wait a second, we've got to get to the root of this and change mm -hmm. it. I feel like Marianne all of a sudden, I don't mean to be channeling Marianne, but I mean, there's an activation. I'm really excited. Because Marianne is changing her focus, it turns out her daughter, India, is going to head up the Williamson Institute, which will carry the work that Marianne's been doing. And since Marianne, we're like close and talking about our kids, and Wayne and I, we used to talk about our kids too. So my daughter Kimberly, when she heard that I've been holding this domain name, askliz.com, for 11 years, I was a Sun Sentinel columnist, Sun Sentinel newspaper in South Florida advice columnist mm -hmm. for a couple of years. And the gig ended because the paper was sold. And a good friend bought me the uh, URL, the domain, Ask Liz. And I've been holding it for 11 years. And just at Christmas, Kimberly said, 
Mom, Mom, what's this Ask Liz story? And I'm like, oh, and she's like, you need to really not, not only think about it, but actualize it, like make it happen. And she's in marketing in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. and she's the same age as India, and she all of a sudden was like, come on, we're going to do the brand, we're going to get it out, we're going to make your name, you're going to let people know who you are, what you do, where you've come from, what you believe in. I was like, okay, and I spent the whole month of January really inviting clarity and information and inspiration, and and I got it, you know, I finally got it and just launched askliz.com, this is supposed to be a plug. It's a beautiful website. Thank you. I look at it, it looks so inviting, and it just looks like very user-friendly, and I think it's going to be a really good um, opportunity. So how is that going to work? I mean, are you channeling, or, or tell me how... How Ask Liz works. That's really great. No, I don't think of myself as channeling. Um, Well, you know how we're sitting together Mm -hmm. and we're connecting. And like I can feel you and you can feel me. So many of the people that I've been with, great spiritual teachers, like Larry Dossey, who was prayer is good medicine, and um, James Redfield, and Neil Donald Walsh, and all of those in that genre, and then take all the other ones. Walter Cronkite, or Walter Cronkite, Madeline Albright, and Usher, and yeah. uh, Gloria Estefan, and Tony Robbins, and mm-hmm. take all of those. So in that time of being together, mm-hmm. something about them, the essence of what makes them rock, you know, what drives them, Somehow or another, I pick up on it. Mm-hmm. And then I hear what they say, and then the two to come together, and then they go into a little filing cabinet. That filing cabinet is like a very deep filing cabinet. And when someone asks Liz a question, and in public arenas this has been happening for years, I teach on a like weekly basis to a wisdom circle group here and other teachings that I do. <laughs> it's like, and the information comes forth. And I can help people feel that life really matters, that life really matters now. Mm. And when my daughter, Kimberly, was helping to brand and to make this website, that's what she did. She interviewed me for about 45 minutes. And then when she sent me uh, notes, uh, she decided that the thing that I said the most was, it's really time that we make life matter now. Mm-hmm. So that's become the tag, make mm-hmm. life matter now. This is time that really is now. And we're caught, we're confused as a humanity. There's a lot of divisiveness and conflict. And, you know, I'm going to bring it down to this moment or this, this day, this moment. What can I do to make life matter now? Mm-hmm. And it's not just about me. You know, I learned from you (laughs) that it's really important that I be the best that I can be, Mm -hmm. but I live on a planet, and this is the planet Earth, Earth. and I have a responsibility to find out what I can do to care for our Mother Earth, whether it be use less water or be more committed to my recycling, or you may have a million things that you do. I think for each of us, how we make the choice to 
be caretakers, stewards of our beautiful, wonderful earth is very important. One of the interviews that was most outstanding, and I know you didn't ask me this question, but I have to say it, the founder of the Noetic Science Institute, Dr. Edgar Mitchell, an astronaut and yeah. great guy and brilliant man. Um, he, this was in you know early 2000. He was quite concerned about the sustainability of our planet. Mm -hmm. And if he was sitting here today, he'd probably, knowing Edgar, he'd be going, we blew it. We, we can't even back up fast enough to take care of what we need to take care of. So what I'm going to do is do the best I can today and be faithful and hopeful that we can make life matter now for many, 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 many nows. Now and now and now and now and now. Well, I love that. I love that concept because it can be big or small. It could be life matters just getting up in the morning and not being depressed or, you know, feeding your baby or something or going to work even. And, and making uh, your contribution to the workplace lift it up a bit. Or it can be bigger picture things and people can get all sorts of activation and they can be doing nonprofit work or they can be donating if they don't have um, money, they have time. You know, there's all sorts of ways to contribute. Yeah. But I do think uh, asking those kind of questions is so important today because we have let it slide with our consumer society, with our, uh, we're going to be so great because we're, I don't know what, bigger, better, or being something or other. just with ourselves. <laughs> we're over-consumed by yeah. ourselves, you know, ourselves. I think it's important we do our personal growth work mm -hmm. as we're doing it. Mm -hmm. but I like to look at this bigger picture, and I think of us as lights on this planet. Mm -hmm. And uh, it takes a simple smile if I can muster up a smile and then I smile to the woman at the cash register, there's a really good chance that that smile will pass on to the person behind me. So much so that that woman may even bring it home to her child. Well, and you don't know what she's been going through, and maybe right. she wasn't smiling for some reason. I know people tend to react to, to negative emotions in a negative way when really we need to lift up and, and help transform it and make life matter exactly. for that person right. just by smiling, just by being pleasant. And so what I got from so many of the celebrities and artists and authors and people I interviewed, what I got from them, I carry it, then I carry it, and then I offer it, I give it to others. It's like a baton that's being transferred. Mm -hmm. And then they can carry it and then they can pass it on to others. We have work to do right now, I big work. work in this world. And, you know, I'm happy to be here again. I've been quiet for a long time. Oh, yeah. You know, you go, you write a book, it takes time. You deal with cancer, it takes time. You, life changes, lose parents and, there's 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 times of quiet time that are good and valuable and to honor those and now I'm feeling like a a ripe a, a quickening I guess I would call it a quickening mm -hmm. there's an urgent that's what I learned from James Redfield you know he talked about if you feel an urgency and it's in you and it's alive honor it nurture it mm -hmm. awaken it bring it forth yeah, well, I'm very excited to that you're back in the saddle again, and you're going to be sharing um, because I think I think there's a lot of people in our generation, um, 
like I'm in my mid-70s and you're in just your 60s right now, right? So, you know, there's that whole baby boomer. There's a lot of people who are even retiring and then they're ready to go on to the next phase. So what can, how can we inspire people of our older generation to be mentors for the younger ones? Now, what I also noticed is when we were young, we didn't have elders, mm-hmm. so, so many anyway. We had elder brothers like... Ram Dass and those kind of people, but we didn't have um, wise elders around us that we could help access. I do believe there are so many wise elders now, and what I would love to see happen is that more of the people of our older generation can reach and be there, have the backs of these young people. I remember I was here um, last year during the Parkland shooting, and um, just being so uh, close to a horrible mass shooting like that. Um, and realizing that that kind of thing can happen anywhere. But also just what can we do now? How can we move forward? And those kids got out there and they made statements and they affected the political world in in big ways. Uh, We were marched with 50,000 people in Seattle one time just to, you know, call attention to the need for, say, gun control or something. Uh, I I think it's happening. Uh, Many of the women who I work with on a weekly basis they're in their 70s, some of them in their 80s, and um, we're living in a new world. I remember I had a big fight with Shirley MacLaine. I mean, we had a fight. We went at it, but it wasn't like a beat-up fight. No. It was a verbal one. <laughs> and it was early on with emailing, times of emailing, when emailing was starting to happen. We didn't even have texting then. I'm not sitting in front of a computer and spending my time, and I'm not going to do that. And I'm she like, said that. yeah, and I'm like, Shirley, you better get on the horn here because this is what's happening. No, if my, if my family and people want to talk to me, they're going to have to call on the phone. I'm like, Shirley, it's happening. I need to get on the horn. And um, I stuck with it. And the same thing with my clients who are older and my students who are older. And I say in their 70s or 80s, I'm like, look, you want to make a difference? Text. Text your grandkids. Stay in touch with them. Let them know you're here. I often get feedback that that works. It works as a means and a vehicle to stay connected and to communicate. That mentoring is happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Kimberly and I, my daughter, we know we're in completely different generations. Mm -hmm. She says to me, you have eight seconds to make an impression. Mm -hmm. I'm like, eight seconds? I can't even, like, prop my eyes open in eight seconds. No, she's like, you have to have your pop-up on your website happen within eight seconds. I'm like, Kim, give me a minute. She's like, a minute? Who's going to hang out for a minute? And then at the end of our couple of weeks of working very closely. One day she calls me up and she goes, I got it. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you're a different generation than mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. You're, the people who you are working with or have been working with, you're moving at a completely different pace. And I want to honor, I finally get where you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really happening with this mentoring that's taking place through Seeing that our kids, the way they're doing the world, we don't have to make it like, no, make it like, how can I be part of it so that I can show them? My ladies who I work with are leaving class and they're taking the handouts that I give them and they're forwarding them to their children and their grandchildren. Mm. I'm getting client calls from 
generations. I'll work with a mother and a daughter and a grandmother. Three generations will sit together and will help everyone to understand where everyone is. So there's something happening that you're envisioning, this mm -hmm. mentorship. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to say, yes, it, it, it is. And yes. listening to our, our, our young people in our families, because I, I know when we were young in the 60s and 70s, we would try to educate our parents about the vast wisdom that was coming our way. Yeah. We really were so excited we wanted to share it. Right. But it was just a little too much for them. They couldn't quite yeah. absorb it. But right. like, for instance, our granddaughter, She's built a, her own tiny home on our land. She built, she said she tiny wanted home. She said, Grandma, tiny homes. can I build a tiny home on your land? I said, well, sure, when? And maybe next spring or summer. And then she calls me back in an hour. How about next week? <laughs> That's <laughs> how quickly they're no, moving. And so she came in and her, right. she and her dad, who right, had right, right. been a builder but is in medical school now, they came out and they worked for, you know, all through Thanksgiving and Christmas and they got, nice. and then they kept going and nice. it's just like, yeah. you know, we're going to do it. And yeah. I think, um, and I just absolutely love being connected with the young generation and, yeah. and also um, being able to listen to them when they're telling us things that are a little difficult to hear, for instance. Um, she told me I should read this book called White Fragility, all about racism. And, you know, this is something that it's easy to pass by and think, oh, I'm not prejudiced. But there's some information there that I need to know. Yeah. Because I didn't maybe get it or we haven't got that. So you're I talking what I call the wires crossing. Like somebody will, young will say something and I'll be like, ling, ling, ling. And my, I'm almost, I'm starting to like tune out. And that's when I catch myself and I go, Liz. Listen. Tune in. Yeah. Because this is very important. You want to be present. You want to stay present. You want to get it. Because mm -hmm. it's part of our world. So if she's saying, you read this, and you're like, oh, no, I don't have the racism. And you're like, wait a second. What is that white fragility? Maybe I need to tune into yeah. it. I like what you're modeling, you know, as you've been showing me that there is a level of listening and a respect to have for this generational differences. Mm -hmm. And I'm, here I am, I'm sitting here, I'm talking about interviews from the 90s. One of the things that I'm really waking up to, my part of my next incarnation, askliz.com, mm -hmm. I'm going back into broadcasting. Okay. Because I want to I go back and visit with my friends from the 90s and the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. The Ron Dosses, the Marianne Williamsons, the Jane Houstons, and Craig Brightons, etc. I'm going to say, hey... We had a really great feeling, and there were some views that we had at the time. Let's take a look at where we were. I'll, I want to be here now, like know where we are, mm -hmm. and then let's have a trajectory of like what can we create collectively? Because if not now, when? Now or never. And I'm not Ecclesiastes, <laughs> but I am saying now, make life matter now, what we set in motion now in the ripple effect, when you throw your rock into the water and there's a ripple effect, what are we putting into the mix? Because mm -hmm. the time is now, and I'm thinking, if I've got 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, I want to go out knowing that I was part of that ripple effect and that we left an impression that will carry the next generation and bring more light to our planet and more awareness. This is like an impetus, and it's now, and I'm excited. 
here. That's here. where I started. I started and excited, <laughs> and here we are, excited. So, all right. Go okay, on. come visit me, askliz.com, and thank you. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I'll be there too, asking questions and listening for Liz's. And thank wisdom. you, thank yeah. you, thank you for this opportunity to yeah. be here now. There you go. Yes. Well, you can listen to uh, Soundies of the Planet on our podcast. We have a Soundies of the Planet podcast, which may be where you're hearing this now. And um, hopefully we'll share it with um, on your website. And listen for more. Sterling Spin is the name of the broadcasting podcast to be coming. So, Sterling Spin. Well, now it's all online. So, here we are. You can reach out everywhere. Reach out to the universe and... And thank you, Dean, for being behind the camera. Yeah. You are a love. Dean Evanson is you. a love. He's my Dean Evanson is your love. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, askliz.com. Be and there. Thank you. And behind the scenes, you'll learn about yeah. that. And, and uh, please submit questions so that I can share with you <laughs> this collective wisdom that is just bubbling up to, to live now. Okay. Make life matter now. Thanks. Thank you for listening to our Soundings podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this program. To learn more about our music, guided meditations, and videos, please visit our website and blog at soundings.com. Peace through music blessings.